0: The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. What? This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: And what a football Sunday it is today. hey The second to last day of the NFL this year, and I am uh, l- not looking at you, Pro Bowl. I'm looking at the conference championships today and the Super Bowl on Sunday a couple of weeks from now. We got the AFC title game. We got the NFC title game today, noon, 340. Chiefs, Titans, Packers, Niners, football. It's oh yeah, be a fun day. This is going to be a good day. You know, I, I a part of me kind of
2: wishes, and this is weird saying this, kind of wishes the Seahawks were playing today. You know, there's something special mm. about the Northwest. I know someone and, who doesn't want the Seahawks to be playing today. You know, but <laughs> oh no, yeah, that guy, that guy in there behind the glass.
1: But Yay. other than that, man,
2: I'm super excited to see uh, these games this afternoon, this evening. I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
1: I, I have a lot of stuff. In the notes for uh, for what we're going to talk about today with those games. Uh, in terms of the AFC title game, I kind of want to talk about Andy Reid a little bit because so much of his legacy depends on his playoff performance, which has not been stellar in his career. He's been very good, but if you look at the numbers, it's not been great, and he's never won a Super Bowl. Um, I, that that kind of frustrates me a little bit that people still view him in that light versus how good of a coach he is. So I want to talk about that. Uh, I found uh, an article that says, talked about the uh, the GM for the Titans who made two trades last year and two years ago that led the Titans to this point. And basically, he was a brand-new GM, John Robinson, I believe his name is. And he went in there, made a huge trade in year one, made a trade last year. Now they're in the AFC tell game, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Got some interesting stats from that game as well, and we can, we'll also dissect the game itself, whether or not we think the Titans can keep up what they're doing, and et cetera. And then for Packers, Niners... Just how much should we be taking into account the the blowout win the Niners had over the Packers earlier in the year? Uh, the quarterback matchup between Rodgers and Garoppolo seems to lean heavily one way in my mind, but Niners fans are very proud of their guy and again, some interesting stats and stuff for that one as well. So lots of football to get to on the show today. Fan text line 55305 if you want to interact with us throughout the show. And then on social media, I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond A S Z M A N on Twitter. So uh, that's where you can find us uh, when we're not on the air. But uh, I'll get to football next segment. I, I just I came in today and I looked at Rashad and said, "What are the Blazers making that trade for?" Because <laughs> I saw that come across my phone yesterday, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" It was the most. It was one of the most pure confusion moments I'd had on a like Blazer related news story. When I saw that yesterday and I I was like, we should talk about that today. And as I was sitting here leading up to the show with all the football coming up, I was like, let's just let's just talk about it now because it's it's the most timely thing. So we'll get to football next. Don't worry. But it's the most timely thing. It happened yesterday, middle of the day, and I'm just sitting sitting there going, wait, Trevor Ariza, he's the savior. He's the guy he's in the league. (laughs) <laughs> I knew he was in the league. I didn't know he was on Sacramento, but I knew he was in the league.
3: <laughs> Pretty sure he's on a walker 16 years
1: later. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, but it was just one of those, like, it was one of those moments I went, well, I hope there's a bigger plan here because like maybe they trade a reason to someone else. Like maybe he's a part of a different package or something. I don't know. That was my initial thought. But if he's not, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand. Well,
2: I, I, I understand it for a, a couple of reasons. And, Again, I didn't know Trevor Reese was still in the league. You know, he's a, a good player, has been. But it's been so long, like, he had enough time to grow dreads or, or you know, get long kind of hair. And, you know, t- really, if you you know, having hair, man, it takes a little bit to grow dreads. Like, it takes a, a little bit of time to get that type of hang time to where they move when you move your head. So it was been long enough since I've seen, seen Trevor Ariza. Believe it or not, that I've to never had dreads, yeah, so I, I don't I, know. Really? Really? No braids, no nothing. Cornrows. No, no. I'm sure Jesse had cornrows with the long hair at a point. I'm almost positive he did once.
1: Yeah,
3: I've, I've. seen One time.
1: Bingo. Actually, I feel like we've seen Jesse with that, right? Didn't you have that once, like in the last couple of years?
3: Oh, Marie might have did it one day. And mm. Got bored and did that to my hair, but yeah, <laughs> I did it a couple times. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I mean, it's been that long since I've seen Trevor Ariza, and then he comes from Sacramento, and it can be hard to play for a loser ask anybody on the Blazers right now it can be really you know difficult to play for a team that's not winning and so when you play in Phoenix and when you play in somewhere like Sacramento and you guys you know you're not going anywhere
1: and you play with Portland and you
2: play with Portland you know you know you're not going anywhere but of those three teams I'm happiest to play for Portland because at least you know you got a team that made a, a deep run last year and you had a team that makes the playoffs every year and then you got a team right now that's just they're super banged up. Like you, a lot of your the the, quote unquote impact players outside outside of your stars, man. Rodney Hood, Blue as Achilles. He's done for the year. You know, you lost Nurkic, halfway through the year last year. You lose your best defensive presence in Zach Collins. Like those those things hurt. And then you know you lose CJ uh, the other night with the with an ankle. So probably just a sprained ankle. I'm it's sure a sprained he'll be back. Ankle, yeah, yeah. So but it's one of those things. You you lost a lot of your core. Of what you're able to do, and then not to mention Seth and the other guys being able to go off and and make their own money. So if you're if you're the Blazers right now, you filled a hole that's been a, just an, a, one of the many Achilles' heels for you, which is perimeter defense. If if nothing else, if Trevor Ariza doesn't give you any points, the one
1: thing you know he does really well is play defense. If he cares and tries, that's the problem. Is that he was a great three and D uh, until the last two years when he hasn't been. Uh, I mean he hasn't he hasn't been hitting shots at all in Sacramento. So, I, I, don't, I mean, I get it, right? Like, logically, it's like, oh, well, okay, he's a, he's, he's, an, he's uh, an upgrade at the three spot because Kent Bazemore was playing at the wrong, wrong position because Bazemore's a two, not a three. Um, Bazemore also wasn't playing very well, so trading him away, that's fine. You were expecting to trade him because he was at the end of his contract. Trading Tolliver, that's fine. He's been mostly terrible this year. A um, couple of second-round picks, I care less about second-round picks. I don't – that's fine.
2: They don't get used in the NBA
1: anyway. Uh, I mean, very rarely do they get used, so – I didn't mind the trade necessarily getting Swanigan back is funny. You traded him to the Kings just to get him back. Welcome back. Swanigan. Um, I guess you do need bodies. So he is a, he is a body in the front court, but I don't know. It's like, I guess this is a move to keep them moving forward and win and make the playoffs. And I'm just sitting here and it's like, just look at this team. Look at what you've got going on. Look at who you're going to face in the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, it doesn't do you any favors. It doesn't make anything better. Even the fans at this point are like, look, we get it. Just tank a little bit for the most part. I've seen a large shift it, at before when we had talked about this, it was like half the fans were like, boo, tanking, stupid. tanking's a loser mentality. Don't do it. And after watching the last, last month of the season, almost every fan I feel like that I've seen is like, yeah, look, we know we're not good. Yeah, so. I've
2: seen, I've, I've met a few of those. And honestly, I'm, I'm not one of them. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah.
1: 'Cause here's the it's, thing, you don't have to tank. You're already tanking by you, being bad. You're already tanking by, <laughs>
2: by being bad and by being hurt. But again, you're gonna get at least one of your core three players, you know, back uh right probably after the all-star break. And that's still a significant part of the season to play. You're still talking about another two months of basketball for a team that's in the tenth spot, you know, right now in a West that's I mean good up top. And then it starts to kind of taper, like right around six, seven, eight, like it does usually. And so you still got a team that we've seen go on these little runs and go on an eight game run. I'm just my well, concerns with not the Blazers. This year we haven't. I'm not not yet. No, not yet. But it doesn't usually happen this year at this point. It typically happens in March. You know, and it typically happens in, in the end of February. And all of a sudden you look up and the Blazers have won twelve in a row. It's like, man, really? So hoping that something like that happens this year you're still in a position to be in the playoffs and still make a run and anything can happen in the playoffs, not against playing this, this Lakers team matched up
1: with in the NBA, not anything can happen in the playoffs. Generally in the NBA, we know what's happening in the playoffs. Well, yeah,
2: but I mean, you look at a team like the Blazers last year, that wasn't probably supposed to be uh, to win the second round against Denver. And, you know, and, they
1: they won in a really gutsy but a lot hard of people thought that was a winnable series though
3: be- it, Denver was young like yeah. De- like that was like basically Denver cutting their teeth in the playoffs Where like this is the same story different day for for the blazers where it's like hey hey guess what we're oh maybe we can make that seven eight seed and we can be a wonderful like one and done in the playoffs once again or uh, right now they're Ooh. on track perfectly to be 12th in the NBA what's that like Okay, you're probably gonna get. You're fixed. at the
1: bottom of the lottery it's, with a small chance. There yeah. you
3: go. And what what's that gotten you? Very, you know, like, it, you know, in that in that ten to fourteen spot in the lottery. Myers Leonard. Woo! So it's <laughs> like this is the perfect, like this is exactly what Blazer fan gets. If you don't make it in the playoffs, you, you at, like once every decade you make a decent run. Then you make it to the playoffs as a seven eight seed. You get ran out. And the year that you don't, you were just good enough to not make the playoffs and you get some crappy pick out of it.
1: I'm not here to to beat a dead horse. I mean, I, I have been always one who has been pro tank in these kind of seasons. I mean, look at what the Warriors are doing. The, what the Warriors are doing is brilliant right now. It is. I mean, they were lucky. I shouldn't say they were lucky. They were helped by a Steph Curry hand injury to get to this point because they wouldn't have been this bad with Steph playing. But um, they're going to get Clay back next year. They're going to have Steph, Clay, Draymond – They're going to have like the number one or number two pick in the draft. And they're going to be able to go sign a free agent if they want. And it's going to be just a super team again. All it's going to take is one down year. And I know it's not super easy to say that that's going to be a surefire way to turn it around. But with all the injuries you had this year, you have next year, you have coming back. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, healthy, Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons for another year. Hopefully, more improved as he as he continues to improve, and a high draft pick, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, hey, that's not so bad, right? Starting five is really really good. We got a num- we got a sixth man off the bench. We got a really good draft pick to build in here. Maybe you like Gary Trent. Maybe you like Nasir Little. Maybe you like somebody else who stays on the team. That's great. You're a better team again. All you did was was deal with one bad year that was already turning bad because of injuries. And there you go. So that that's been my take since they started having all the injuries and losing. But it appears that they're still trying to win a little bit. There is a tax that came in on the fan tax line, though. It is true. It did save them a ton of money against the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it saved them $12 million. It cut their luxury tax bill in half, but they're still going to have to pay the luxury tax because they have, like, the second highest salary. In and the when, you have
2: a high, when you have a salary that high, sometimes you just have to look for... And cost cutting measures and, and ways to be able to kind of retain some money. And that cause that's also been something that's handcuffed the Blazers is not being yeah. able to go out and spend that money on those guys because you just can't afford it. You gave your two star players, your two six foot guards, you gave them each a hundred million, a little over a hundred million. So what else are you supposed to do for for uh, for that? So it's just it's one of those things. So you're hoping for the best. Honestly, we always say like the Blazers need a guy like this, you know, a guy like Tobias Harris like well yeah there's only a few of those in the league though there's like four or five I think the Blazers need a
1: guy like Giannis
2: Uh, oh yeah right that would change that would change everything you know for us I think it'd make the team pretty good I think they'd be I think they'd be okay you know in the Western Conference but again you're, you're talking about like people around the league said man I want Damian Lillard I but the thing is there's only a couple guys like Dame you know in the league so and really his name is Steph and outside of that it's like Everybody else is just a really Trae Young's good. Trey Young is really good. John ja Morant is on his way to being a, a phenomenal uh, young point guard in this league if he can kind of keep the paces that he's on. But for real, at this point, like there's th- 28, 29 teams that are like, man, I want Damian Lillard. We need a player like Damian Lillard, and it, those guys just aren't out there. So to get a guy like Trevor Ariza, I think that's a that, that's saying a lot. And then if we're just going on names, just alone, just based on names. CJ, Dane, Carmelo, Trevor Ariza, Whiteside, Whiteside, Nurkic. Like, you got a pretty damn good team if you're looking at it through that scope. But if they can just put it together
1: at some point, I think they'll be okay. Uh, yeah, right. In names, it sounds great. But once they hit the floor, 30-point losses, that's what happens. All right. Uh, also, uh, Ariza only has $1 million against the the book next year. Despite he has a big salary, he only counts like $1 million against it. So they could cut him at the end of the year and only lose one mil. So that's... Again, that's part of the cost-saving measure of this. It might That might be the only reason they did it, but part of me thinks Olshay also did it as a, as a help to try to get back to the playoffs, which is frustrating. All right, let's get into the football games next. Let's start with the AFC game with the Chiefs and the Titans, and we will start with the Andy Reid question. Just how important are the playoffs to a person's legacy, and why are they that important when well, we know how good the coach and or player is That is next here on Football Sunday on the Fan.
0: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: 919 here on your Sunday morning. It is a championship conference championship Sunday in the NFL. And we'll start with the AFC game, Chiefs-Titans in Arrowhead. It is butt-cold there from what I've seen. And uh, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites in the game. We'll get to the game probably next segment, but uh, I want to start with the Andy Reid discussion that's been kind of dominating social media and the airwaves this week. And it's, it's about his legacy. It's, it's one of those questions that is always fascinating to me is how you gauge a player and a, and a coach um, based on how they've done in the playoffs and the regular season and their whole career. So much of it is weighed on the postseason that I feel like it often hurts the legacy of people who don't deserve to have their legacy hurt. Andy Reid's one of the greatest coaches in the last 10, 15, 20 years, maybe one of the best coaches of all time. If you want to stretch it that far, you probably could. You could probably make an argument for it. And I don't think he's considered that by most because he's never won a Super Bowl. He's only made one Super Bowl, uh, lost it with the Eagles. If you remember, that was the T.O. injury year. Um, And he's he's got a pedestrian, I think it's 13 and 14 record in the playoffs. He's under 500 in the playoffs. And people judge him really harshly for that. And it, it to me, I can't because I watch him as a coach and he's brilliant. He has so many good teams in his career. He just hasn't been able to get over that final hump.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those things of, of I'm, I'm looking at the list right now of, you know, for for the playoffs. And, you know, Andy Reid is seventh all time for playoff wins. You know, all that being said, as far as not being able to win the big one and choking or whatever the case is, like of all the great head coaches that have been in the NFL, he's seven of all time. The guy only guys ahead of him are Mike Holmgren, Chuck Knoll, Joe Gibbs, Don Shula, Tom Landry, and Bill Belichick. That's easily the greatest collection of coaches, you know, right there. And the two people under Andy Reid, or three people under Andy Reid are Tom Coughlin, Bill Cower, and Bill Parcells. So he is a top 10 coach of, of all time. Let's just go ahead. Super and, Bowl winner, yeah, Super Bowl winner. Every, everybody Bowl except for him in that top 10 is a Super Bowl winner. And I think this is the year of, of all the teams that are left. I don't think anyone has more pressure on them to win than the chiefs do.
1: Well, of course, I mean, the other three coaches are all young. Uh, you got Shanahan, you got Vrabelin, you've got Lafleur. So you've got guys who are new to this. So yeah, the pressure on, is not on them. It's on Andy Reid for sure. But here's the thing, right? So I, I agree. I mean, I'm, Andy Reid wins the title this year and every, everything changes, right? All of a sudden, oh, one of the best coaches of all time. Love Andy Reid. Made four consecutive NFC title games when he was with the Eagles. Uh, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, part of the group that drafted Patrick Mahomes and turned him into the best quarterback. Oh, my God. But if he doesn't, that conversation's not happening. And that seems really strange to me because that that's all still true minus won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Well, let's say they lose this week to the Titans or they lose in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks to whoever wins in the NFC. To me, that shouldn't change your perception of Andy Reid. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. He's judged for that. People don't consider him one of the best of all time because he never won a Super Bowl, but he is one of the best of all time. Dan Marino was absolutely incredible, right? Uh, I talked about this a little bit on Friday with Suke, and at one point he made that I liked a lot was that this is not the case with other positions. It is quarterback, and it is coach only. Mm-hmm. For For a long time, Peyton Manning wasn't good enough because he never won a Super Bowl, right? Then he finally got one and everything changed. Then he got second one and everything was doubly changed. Oh, my God. Peyton's one of the best of all time. But prior to that first win, it was like, ah, he's just a regular season winner. Question if Eli was better because Eli won two. Exactly. Eli won two Super Bowls. Now, we know right now Eli sucks, right? But give it five years. When Eli's going to retire this year, next year, whenever it is. Give it five years. How are we going to remember Eli Manning? Oh, man. Those great Super Bowl wins. That that pass to David Tyree. That pass to Mario Manningham. That's Eli Manning, right? Even though Eli's been a pretty average quarterback in his career, he's won two Super Bowls. That makes the difference. Uh, Sue's point was he was comparing Barry Sanders to Emmitt Smith, right? Who's the better running back? Barry, Barry Sanders. Sanders. Emmitt Smith won a ton of titles. People still think Barry Sanders is the better running back. So that th- it's it's funny how we don't do it at those positions, but we do it at coaching quarterback.
3: I The one thing that I will say about this, the – like Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls. He didn't do it the way, like, let's say a a Trent Dilfer did it, right? Like he had a big part. Like he, like they don't win those Super Bowls without Eli Manning. Of course not. Trent Dilfer played the, hey, game manager. We're going to win this on the back of our defense. So that, that is the, as as terrible as you want to call Eli Manning, I don't think he's as bad as what you're saying. I don't think he's as He's, I said he was average. He's yeah, average. I think what Lynch I is think, saying is. But I, say, I think he's a little better than average. I think, like, he's a guy that at his best. N- not just because he won two Super Bowls. I think he was a top 10 quarterback at his best. And that's a good quarterback. Not an average quarterback. That's a good quarterback. I'm going to agree with with Jesse on that. But also, like,
2: I don't think Lynch is saying that he was a terrible quarterback. But and, and in comparison to Peyton. Kinda sounded like well, it. In comparison to Peyton. And he's lately, been terrible. Yes. Lately, Over the past yes. decade, Eli has been awful. You know? And so, that's. I think that's. Kind of where that comes from, but yes, during his prime, you know, during his his run as the, the the star quarterback, he was one of the faces of the league. You know, Eli Manning was a top ten, you know, guy. You know, however, you're, you're right. Like we we judge quarterbacks and receive and different than we judge receivers. T O and Randy Moss are easily top two three receivers of all time and that's without debate nobody ever
1: says they can't be the best because they didn't win a super bowl we got a text in the fan text on that reminded me of this point too is sean payton has been the last few years uh one of the most disappointing coaches in the nfl because his team has lost in embarrassing fashion in the playoffs multiple times but yet no judgment comes his way why He won a super bowl he got one yeah there's only now it's like wait the saints have lost in painful fashion four years in a row you got like the Minnesota Miracle, and you got the pass interference call, and you it's, it's, get upset in the first round by the Vikings. Like the Kyle Rudolph, t- you're like, oh my god! Like they really, they really kind of crumble at this point. There's a reason that Mike Tomlin, through all the crap you know,
2: in Pittsburgh still has a job. At the end of the day, he won a Super Bowl. There's a reason that Mike McCarthy got to hang on to that job in Green Bay for so long. Like he won a Super Bowl and those are hard to come by. It's 32 teams and everybody's gunning for the same for the same thing every year. And if you're one of the guys that's why we have to, man, you know, kind of bow down to to Belichick and, you know, to some of those guys that have won not just one, two, but multiple Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Tom Landry. Like, you got to look at those guys and say, man, you guys are awesome because how difficult is it to get there and, and, and win? And so I think it's one of those things. Andy Reid, more than anybody else, he has to do this. Mahomes is going to have other opportunities. Like, if Andy Reid decides to retire, he's going to go down as a really good offensive coach, and that's it unfortunately like we're well, all the wins given all the success that he's had if he doesn't win this super bowl or because i don't know if he's going to get close again you never know he's just going to go down as one of the great offensive minds in the league but he's not going to When you talk about the greatest coaches unfortunately andy reese's name won't be bought
1: well that's the thing that i'm i wanted to talk about in the segment is for me that's not the case right and I, I think that's really really stupid i get it but i think it's stupid that we can't separate how good he was from the super bowl question right like, Andy Reid is an unbelievable head coach. If he never wins a Super Bowl in his career, he's still an unbelievable head coach. And he should be a no-doubt Hall of Famer. Yes. Well, uh, So that that's my point is that we should – if he does not win a Super Bowl, we should not judge him too harshly for that. It is incredibly difficult. He's done great his entire career. He's built great offenses. He's built great teams. He's gotten to this point in the title game a ton in his, in his career. That's Andy Reid. It's
3: not easy to be Bill Belichick. <laughs> It's not easy. You need a lot of luck too. There's yeah. only one. Yeah. I mean, we, we had this discussion three weeks ago. What what was it? We ranked these coaches, right? We were, we had we had Pete Carroll up there, and we had Sean Payton up there, and you know, it, it Mike Tomlin up there, and the only one that really doesn't have flaws is Bill Belichick. Uh, right. All the all the rest have flaws. The difference that separates Andy Reid from these guys, and in reality, Andy Reid has a better coaching resume mm-hmm. than probably all of these guys. He just doesn't have the one Super Bowl that the other three guys have. Yep, that's it. Like, like that's the only thing. And and we're gonna say that this guy is a, a failure. A lot of people saying if they don't win today, then maybe the Chiefs need to move on and find them. No. Who are you going to find that's going to be any better than this guy? It's just, it's, it's, it reminds me of like when you get drafted as a quarterback, you basically have an 8% chance of playing in the Super Bowl. That, that's it. Yeah. That, like, that basically the same thing as a, as a, as a coach. Like, coach probably has a higher percent because you have a longer career, but mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Yeah. But. I mean, but it's virtually, when you look at it, it's the same thing. Like, this is the first time in how many years? Like, 17 years or something like that. We haven't had like, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Ben Roethlisberger in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, like that's what this. I mean, despite the fact there's parity, the cream on the top is the cream on the top, and and mm-hmm. so I think it's Patrick just, Mahomes
1: is about to enter that conversation uh, of those absolutely. three. By the exactly. way, so this is the
3: second AFC Championship game in two you know, years. In two years, yeah. just to and
2: just to piggyback on Andy Reid, man, I'm looking at the the top coaches all time as far as wins. He's sixth all time. Yeah, two hundred and. uh 207 wins through his career. You know that's six, only behind uh, Curly Lambeau, Tom Landry, Belichick, George Hollis, and Don Shula, the greatest of the greatest I mean, football minds of all time. There it is, right there, right. You know, so I mean, that's well, the only thing Andy Reid is missing is the hardware that proves it. And and I'm looking around at all the other guys that, for the most part, that are still coaching, that are on that list, uh, that are, you know, Mike Tomlin, champion, Pete Carroll, champion, Belichick, champion, Harbaugh, champion, Gruden, champion, like. He's the only one that just doesn't, that he can't come to the champion's table yet.
1: And so. Yeah, Gruden's an interesting one, right? Do you think people view Gruden better than Reed because he's won a title? Gruden got 10 years from. 100 mil, 10 years.
2: From from Oakland based on the fact that he won a Super Bowl. Hey,
1: Vegas. Vegas, excuse me. It's official, they're now the Vegas Raiders. The
2: Vegas Raiders, which is weird to say. It's going to take some time. I think that's worse than saying Los Angeles Chargers. Hmm. I think it's worse than that. The Las Vegas Raiders. It sounds. It's gonna sound
1: cool, but I don't know if it's gonna be worse because I still say San Diego Chargers. It has been a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So anyway, I just that's my whole thing is don't let that change how you view him. Don't just know he's a great coach. It's really really hard. All right, coming up next, let's get into the game a little bit more. Do you think the Titans can keep this up? Without Tannehill throwing for over 100 yards. That's next. First, Jesse has Sports Center.
0: Weekend Sports with a Difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan.
1: Titans Chiefs AFC title game. This afternoon thank you again for the noon kick i appreciate that as someone who leaves here at 11 yes very uh, nice i appreciate that i don't have to
2: listen to it in the car
1: or don't anything like anything, that yeah. yeah that's awesome just gonna go do a quick uh, grocery shop and then uh, get home in time for the game to start. what are It'll you having perfect. today what what are you having today i mean you all everybody has
2: food and stuff for football or oh, maybe just I for don't... the evening like where do you What do you have today
1: uh probably just uh you know I, I usually go grab some food from new seasons maybe get like salad bar and like some bread or something it's just I usually keep it fairly easy and light on Sundays. Um, nothing too crazy. I had some pizza yesterday, so that was I guess that's more football food. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, usually on the regular, I mean, I guess this isn't regular, but usually up until the Super Bowl, I don't do anything special to eat during football. Mm-hmm. It's just about watching it. I'll have you. beers. I'll have a couple you. good beers.
2: Yeah.
1: What about you? What are you
2: making? I don't know. I was probably going to ask my mom if she wanted to come over for, for dinner, my mom and
1: younger sister, So mm. See what so they're you, up you'd to. You'd be responsible for cooking the uh, – I would be you
2: responsible, spread? yes, more than likely. And so I was thinking about uh, just, you know, some mac and cheese or something. I don't know. we're doing
1: something. I know that's going to be there. I just have to figure out what goes around it. So we'll figure it out. Well, you should, uh, if you've already got the ingredients, and this won't matter, but uh, my wife and I will often make, maybe not often, but we will make a uh, a French onion soup mac and cheese.
2: Whew. Sounds good. So good. Sounds good. So, so, so good. Mac and good. cheese is one of those things, that's easily the most versatile meal ever because you can really do anything i've had mac and cheese with bacon in it and jalapenos Mm -hmm. and i've even had one with jalapenos and corn Mm -hmm. inside of it like there's really you can put anything it's hard to mess up mac and cheese so it's it's i'm always baffled when people's when i'm looking especially thanksgiving time christmas time easter and you're looking at you know people's pictures online like that looks
1: awful right it's like super dry yeah
2: or it's super runny like one of those like that looks terrible yeah gluten-free mac and cheese jesse i'm
1: sorry bro like that's it's probably I mean, really William bad. Free pasta is probably pretty good now. Oh,
3: it's it's, it's pretty improved. I've I'm, started making my own pasta too. So really, yeah. Look at look, look at this guy.
1: Look at Chef Boy ID over here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, well, uh, Jesse is a, he's a maker. He's an
1: inventor. Yeah, every
3: so. every year we get a little bit more and more less reliant on the you know the pre- big companies processed stuff and less packaging and you know trying to do the more sustainable thing for at least for you know our part i'm gonna move to a farm you sound like
1: you're from oregon jesse
3: yeah i know i know but at the same time you know when when you're everything you buy is like you buy like a loaf of bread that's literally like half the size of your loaf of bread and it's like seven dollars like you start learning how to make your own bread yeah
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense did you do you have a bread maker now you got that little like box that helps you make it Uh, oh no i I just make my own bread
3: you know just throw it in the oven oh Extra fancy. Yeah. Well, you know, like, like I said, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's it's fun. I've been doing a lot of experimenting in the kitchen over the last year. When I have friends over every Friday night and cook for them. So.
2: Oh, you do. Yeah. Very nice. Oh,
3: that's cool. Yeah.
2: I've uh, never heard of this Friday night friends. Well, it. Friends I, oh, okay. But... Well, let's
3: just throw out the whole geekiness. Just derail this. It's not just for friends. It, it's. It's Magic the Gathering. Okay. So we're playing uh, a board you. game. As, thank or, you for well, not inviting me there. Exactly. does uh, not just doesn't game, seem like a that's a card
1: game. Come on. Well, Lynch okay, is on yeah, his way it's there. It's a
3: tabletop card game. But it's it didn't seem like, a, I don't know, a Rashad Taylor type of vibe, <laughs> yeah, if you ask me. That seems judgmental, but okay. You <laughs> but you're, right, you're You're more than right. welcome any Friday to come on over. I'd be and, so and lost
1: and left out. Dude, like, Magic is tough. I've played Magic once or twice before. It's a really complicated game for beginners. Because there's so much to think about, and I'm like, uh,
3: the it's nice all good. thing about our group rewired. is like nobody like we we just started playing again like back in last February, and none of us had played since it basically started like 25 years ago. So we were we're all basically beginners. So yeah, but there, it's, it's still fine. there's like a. It's a huge learning curve. Yeah, it's, it's a big it, learning curve. Yeah, And then, yeah, and then they just keep making it more and more complicated. So, anyways, that's what I do every Friday, and I, I cook for everybody. So, it's yeah, I do a lot of experimenting in the kitchen. So, so derailed. <laughs> this happens. text
1: says, yo, you play magic and bake bread? This sounds like the coolest hangout ever. I don't know <laughs> if he's being sarcastic or legitimate. Uh, I think it sounds pretty cool. So, I'm
3: not, uh, <laughs> legit, I, uh, I'm not the, going with the um, sarcastic on it that was one. was three weeks ago. I made some... Uh, um, Fettuccine caminara with uh, some homemade bread, and then we played some Magic. Sounds good. Sounds awesome. And that Sounds fettuccine was homemade fettuccine as well.
1: So, Well, that did take the segment away from us for the most part. Uh, I will tell you one interesting stat from this before we dive into the game next segment. Um, it's a It's a betting nugget about the game that I saw. Sunday is going to be the fifth time this season that Tennessee has been an underdog of at least four points. It won each of the first four games outright. Covered wow. the spread and won. Every time that they were a four-more-point underdog, including week 10 when they beat the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Um,
2: I just think that... Tennessee is attack- also
1: the fifth team to win its wild card and divisional round games as underdogs of at least four points.
2: Tennessee is one of those teams that, again, if you look at all these teams that are in the playoffs now, they're the one that's like, yeah, they're not supposed to be there. They're, they're the, the, the Titans, you know, like there's... These these three juggernauts in Green Bay and San Francisco and the and the Titans, what? Like so, <laughs> I, I think that's how most people kind of look at it. Like it, it's the team that shouldn't be there, and then you see what these corners and Kenny Vaccaro and, and 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 the rest of his squad have really been able to do. And so I'm I'm all in on the Titans.
1: The team that shouldn't be there, but can they keep being there? That's next here on the fan.
0: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
1: 9.44 here on your Sunday morning. Titans-Chiefs is the AFC title game. The Titans beating the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens in the first two rounds of the playoffs. And in both games... They were big underdogs, and in both games, Ryan Tannehill did not throw for more than 100 yards passing, and yet they still got two close wins, but two wins nonetheless. Can they keep it up against the Kansas City Chiefs? In short, I think the answer is yes, because right now I don't know if there's a a human alive who can tackle Derrick Henry. And there was another dumb comment from a player 2 weeks ago it was Earl Thomas who basically said look it, tackling or uh, tackling Derrick Henry is not going to be too hard you know we we we'll, we we'll, we'll, we could do this and proceeded to get stiff armed in the face in a long run and they he once again ran for 180 yards there was a uh, i can't remember which player it well, was I think it was a linebacker or, or a defensive lineman for the Chiefs made a very similar comment he goes man i you can tackle Derrick Henry you just got to go in there and get him i uh, he's he's not that big he's not that fast and i'm sitting here going First of all, yes, he is. And yes, he is. Second of all, don't feed. Don't wake that monster up again, because if you keep doubting him, he's going to keep doing it to you. And the Chiefs defense is the worst of the three teams defenses that he's played so far. The Patriots defense was amazing. Mm-hmm. The Ravens defense was amazing. The Chiefs defense has played well, but they're not amazing. So and plus Chris Jones, I, I haven't seen enough. To, I don't think he's playing. He's their defensive tackle. who's huge against the run. Uh, I haven't seen an update on that at least. So uh, maybe if you've seen it on the text line, let me know 55305. I mean, there's no reason for me to believe that Derrick Henry will stop doing what he's doing because every single time he touches the ball, he's averaging five, six yards a carry. I mean, what, what am I supposed to look at? That's like, ah, it'll stop in this game.
2: And he averaged five or six yards a carry on a historically great Patriots defense. It was Frank Clark who said this, by the way. Yes. Frank Clark. Who's man, Frank Clark, a great NFL player. You know what I mean? A really good player. And That was a silly thing to do. You know, I think sometimes guys want to kind of rev themselves up and they want to make sure that they have the energy to, you know, they want to give themselves some chalkboard material for themselves, for their team, just additional motivation going into the biggest games of your life. And I get that. But sometimes there is such a thing as chalkboard material and giving the other team an opportunity to see what they really think of you. And so – you tell we're gonna tackle Derek Henry. It's not a problem. Yeah, he was the number one rusher in the league this year, and he missed a couple games, and he's still number one in in rushing yards and touchdowns. So no, you're not just gonna tackle him like that. The Patriots and all those great linebackers and D linemen tried to do it, and they couldn't. He beat everybody in their secondary once he got to the to the next level. It was a wrap from there. Played against his Baltimore defense, which for the, the past eleven weeks of the season just looked like an absolute juggernaut, and they made them look jv in most points on defense so you're right man of all the defenses left in the in the these playoffs easily the chiefs is the worst san francisco's is great you know we know that the packers you maybe, is, can argue maybe green bay. bay you know great maybe green bay that might be a wash you know between yeah. the two of those but i'm looking at this uh titans roster right now how many how many teams can win without their quarterback throwing the ball i'll tell you which ones win the ravens uh win super bowls like that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a Super Bowl like that, man. Let's rely on our defense, rely on a run game, and let's f- kind of figure it out from there. And I think the Titans are on to something because if it ain't broke, don't fix it and go right back to that well every single time.
1: I think the argument that some people will make against this working again is in week well, week one, round one, you had uh, basically a, a handcuffed Tom Brady, handcuffed by age, first of all, but also by not having any good receivers. Uh, in week two, you had a Three turnover night from Lamar Jackson, um, despite the amount of yards he put up. You're facing Patrick Mahomes today, and I mean, look, anything's possible. He could also commit three turnovers. I mean, we all thought Lamar Jackson would kill the Titans. He didn't. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to go off today, throw for four touchdowns, 400 plus yards. If that's the case, I mean, you kind of need Ryan Tannehill to do something, right? Uh, if you're, if he's, if he's able to quickly get down the field like we saw last week against the texans where he did it in like three plays five plays five plays then you can kill the clock all you want and you could try to make it a shorter game which which they will we know they will if he's going to get down the field that quickly then you're going to need to throw the football and And that's the only concern that i have is you can't just do the exact same game plan because mahomes is going to force you out of it a little bit
2: no no you're absolutely right but the thing that Tannehill does and it's I don't know if it's genius or if he's just not th- that good. This is why we're having a conversation about him not being as good as Mar- Mariota, not being as good as him. Mariota's not going to have less than hundred yard games. It's not going to happen. You know, and it's just kind of one of those things. Like I'm looking at this guy's really literally well, with the same game plan. He probably would
1: have, I mean, but I, I still expect Mariota,
2: who can also escape to do
1: more. They've moved on. That's fine. I, I've, but, I have also moved on from Mariota. I'm, I, I'm done tricking myself into thinking he's any good. We agree hot, to disagree. You take. know,
2: it's just one of those things. That we're we're going to agree take. to disagree because we can, like last time, we can get totally sidetracked on Mariota, and this can be a different thing. However, what I will say is the one thing that uh, Tannehill is doing well, and he's getting he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. You know, he's not waiting four and five seconds for plays to develop. Usually, the passes are really quick. Somebody is up, up, open, open over the middle, and the is right in his hands, and quick touchdown like this he's scoring what it's weird he's got three touchdowns and he has under 200 yards in these playoffs you know you know what i'm saying it's, it's, he's just able to dink and dunk and find the right guy make the right play at the right time and then they're you're scoring touchdowns so
1: well, for all for, that he's
2: not doing he's still making the right play uh, at the right time well, it's and weird
1: last week i mean he he had like one forty five yard touchdown pass it was huge right it was half of his yardage for the entire game but it was an incredibly important touchdown pass he also had the one in the uh, in the corner to Jonu Smith, the one handed catch. So he he had two big plays, just not a lot of yards. And I just think, in order to win this game against the Chiefs, I think they'll keep it close because of Henry. Tannehill's going to need to throw for like 200 yards. Yeah, he's going to need to be able. They're going to be able to have a multiple threat to keep up with what Mahomes can do.
2: Well, I just think they need to stay within their game. Continue to play great defense. Uh, and again, you have a, a quarterback in Mahomes that they're going to have to figure out uh, if they're going to spy, if they're going to send two and three guys at him, or are they just going to they're going to play a zone? And I mean, or are they going to go man because you have a guy like you know Tariq Hill who can then blow the top off your defense? At, you can't at go any man point. against Tariq Hill. You, you really, I mean, you I mean you can't go zone against him. There's nothing you can do against that man, you guy. You got to like, bracket him, huh? It's, you you have, you have to bracket him. I mean, it's it, Tariq Hill is such a, a safety. Arm. You do have to have deep safety. He's going to beat them too, and I think it's you, you're better off. At some points, man, putting your, whoever your best defender is and your best, your fastest defender, man, just shadow him. Just do your best because at the end of the day, he's going to have a huge game. Travis yep. Kelsey is one of those guys. He's going to have a
1: huge game. That's the and other he, problem right there. Yeah, if, and he's incredible. the, he's
2: the, really, if you ask me, he's the biggest problem because, again, linebackers are, aren't are as fast as him or as big as him and neither of most corners or all, any corner. So it's, it's almost a Gronkowski effect. It's, it's, it's a problem for whomever's in front of him. So the, all the weapons that Mahomes has. On on offense, like the defense is going to have to. Who's been playing super well? I'm really impressed with what Tennessee has been able to do, especially from their uh, secondary. So if they can play solid, I think Tennessee has a great chance to win this game.
3: Well, it's going to make it really tough for Tennessee. Is you're they're going to spend so much energy trying to stop Terry Kill from like taking the top off this defense that it is going to like, and and that's what makes. Travis Kelsey, really the engine that makes this work, is then you go, okay, that opens up everything for Kelsey because he is, like, almost virtually impossible to stop with a linebacker. And then you have to dedicate a safety and a corner, mm-hmm. basically, to take away Tyreek Hill. The other safety's got to be back there to uh, to to play safety. So it's just... It it makes it really interesting. The only way Tennessee has a shot is if, if Derrick Henry gets to run the ball 30 times. And I don't... I mean... I don't know how that happens. I just don't. They did the last couple weeks. They, they have, they have, and and so That's like it, it's is, just it, to me it, like it's a smart league. Yeah, I mean, you have one player on Tennessee you really have to worry about, and on the on the other side, yeah. Bracket, you know what? Bracket AJ Brown, and then and then you just focus everybody else on on <laughs> on Henry, and you know what? If the rest of that team can beat you, then good on them. But really, stack that box eight, and then bracket. AJ Brown. And if Johnny Smith and, and, Corey uh, Davis, and, and, yeah, as Corey Davis and, and those guys can beat you, then good on them. But I don't think they can. And so that, that to me is what's really frustrating. It's like, there's a simple game plan for Tennessee because they're not that dynamic. But that's the problem is that against New England and against Baltimore, they proved early that that's
1: what they were going to do, right? Right. Both defenses committed to stopping the run, but could they?
3: Yeah. No, that, no. That's the strange part. That that is. But I guess that is also when you have a six foot two running back who that's so unique it's in itself. So fast. But he can run like four, 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 five. Then that. Yeah. No. That's what makes it really unique because he can get that edge and he can blow by you. Do we remember
2: a couple of years ago when and we talked about it kind of last week when we were saying Derrick Henry was a bust? Yeah. Like he just he he's not a good NFL running back, you know, he Titans, was until you know, this year and, and all of a sudden, and really he was, he was better last year, but then this year, this was the year that pff, he was beyond unstoppable, especially at the end.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, Tennessee, this is the problem. This has been the problem with Tennessee. Basically all of Mariota's career thus far is they've, they've just been this uh, team that's refused to settle on an identity. They haven't, they, the, the beginning of the season, like, you you brought it up, I think it was last week, Rashad, that you know, this team was not playing for Mariota. They weren't blocking the same way. They weren't they weren't catching the ball. Like this team was so much different with Mariota on her center. Like they just didn't want to play. And then all of a sudden Tannehill comes in and and that to me is the, on them. But uh, all of a sudden they are playing a very specific type of football, a very specific game plan. And what's that lead to success? You know, that's it. When you have an identity, it tends to lead to more success than somebody who's like schizophrenic and has no idea who they really are.
1: It does. I don't want to get into the Mariota thing on this though. I I, I get it. I understand the passion for it. I just, uh, that's, that's a conversation for another day. Um, I just saw this come across the, uh, the wire and I want to get to this next and then we'll get into the Niners Packers game. Um, Philip Rivers has confirmed to Adam Schefter and me, that's Chris Mortensen, that he and his family have moved out of his San Diego home and they've moved to Florida. His text, what this means football wise is to be determined, but it was time for us to move closer to home. And then uh, Rich Eisen retweeted it and did the Tom Brady uh, eyebrow up gif. So uh, let's chat about this next. And then uh, we'll get into Niners Packers at the uh, 10 15 segment. Keep keep your text coming at the fan text line five five three zero five. I've actually seen a bunch of them. I enjoy them. Um, I think this is one. I'll I'll, I'll end on this. Mariota was the product of a great system at Oregon. It's no coincidence that almost every player in the Chip Kelly offense fell flat in the NFL. If you think about it, it's actually kind of true. That's fair. Offensive players. That's we'll, fair. We'll take a break. Coming up next, Philip Rivers out, Tom Brady in, Tom Brady out. What's going on in the quarterbacks? Before we get to the NFC title game, this is Football Sunday on the Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month.
0: New iPhone 15s? It's
3: over
2: here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on
1: us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.